0: Two things today, I have a bonus episode waiting for you on chronic pain, and I'm continuing to announce that I have set up a free private Facebook group where we can start taking our listening community into a more actively engaged community. I want a place where we can carry over further conversation around our podcast topics, ask questions for our guests, ask questions to each other, continually learn, be exposed to new resources, and so much more. Just this week, I threw out a challenge to our community and I'm planning on giving monthly growth work that will help our followers keep inching towards their goals and that ability to thrive throughout their day. I have a link for you waiting in the show notes as well as on my website at healthaccountabilitycoach.com. For our first 100 people that join, I'll be raffling off some giveaways at the end of the month. Woo woo. (laughs) Okay, now let's talk chronic pain. Who has thrown their hands up and thought you know what? My pain is what it is. Maybe you've even settled in as far as to thinking that this is just me. That even the thought of getting to feel better isn't really on your radar. You've been doomed to a life of pain, to a lack of sleep, to irritability, to anxiety. What I love about our expert guest today, Dr. Denny Warren, is that he always brings glimmers of hope and empowers our listeners that we always have actions that we could be taking or asking for help to achieve that healthier, more optimistic day. If you are a regular on Direction Not Perfection, Dr. Denny will not be a stranger to you. We have had him on to cover other topics like brain health in episode 140, sitting is the new smoking episode 136, food sensitivities, 124, fight or flight, episode 110, benefits of chiropractic adjustments, good stress versus bad stress. The more we learn, the more empowered we become. You can tell that I respect Dr. Denny and I get so excited to provide our community with his wisdom. So if your ears perked up with the mention of chronic pain today, stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Lindsay House, registered dietitian, private trainer, accountability coach, author. I have been working with clients for over 13 years, passionately changing the culture of health and fitness. I'm out here smashing scales, helping individuals rewrite the rules to what success looks like in their life. I want to change generational thinking, no more all or nothing mentality, get rid of the diets and believe in the individualized journey. We are stronger than we will ever accept and beautifully made just the way we are. Keep your eyes on your own paper and trust your own path. Thank you for trusting me and letting me be a constant encouragement through your week. Let's get this motivation started. Welcome to your podcast, Direction, Not Perfection.
1: So here's what we're talking about today. We're talking about escaping uh, the four keys to breaking out of chronic... Pain. We want to escape chronic pain. Some very important details that you should know about chronic pain. I'm going to cover some of those. I'm even going to cover some of the appropriate tests that could be really helpful for you in helping you understand what might be the root cause of your chronic pain. Um, there's many things, and we're, we're going to talk about a lot of those today. So, five things you will learn today. One is the shocking truth about chronic pain. It's pretty shocking. It's it's a some Some big issues that are happening in our country, in our world with chronic pain. Number two is five nutrients that support the healing of chronic pain. These are very key nutrients that are going to help with inflammation, going to help calm down um, the nervous system, the the pain fibers that are running through your body. Um, The number three, the three types of foods to avoid. There's certain things, I think many of you know this, there's certain things that will cause inflammation in your body. That's going to increase the pain in your body is going to decrease your pain threshold, make you feel more pain. Uh, so we need to know what those are. Number four, five lifestyle changes that must be adopted to stop pain, and number five, a missing link to the chronic pain inflammation crisis that accelerates healing. Guys, that's and you know I'm a chiropractor. This is something that chiropractic has been shown to be really helpful for in so many different types of pain. Um, we're going to talk about that today. So why I'm here? I am here to help give you guys a holistic picture, a holistic understanding. Anytime you approach health for the human body, anytime you approach symptoms and problems in the human body, it's always best to think from a big picture, not to think from just one thing. Sometimes people want, give me one supplement I can take uh, to help my pain. Give me one supplement I can take to help me with blood sugar. Give me one exercise I can take. Give me one thing with my diet. Well, you need to think about all of these things. You need to think about how even posture, your posture affects these things. And you think about how chiropractic can help these things, how acupuncture, massage, there's a lot of things that can help all these different types of symptoms, but you have to start thinking holistically and even think about your mind. Your mind is important for everything that we do, everything that we do. So here's the problem. This is some of the shocking truth about it. A third of the population, one third of the population suffers from from chronic pain. One-third of the United States population suffers from chronic pain. Those are over 110 million people. The annual cost of pain is over $600 billion. This is what's wild. That is more than heart disease and cancer combined. Heart disease is the leading cause of death in the United States. Cancer is the second leading cause of death in the United States. Both of those, if you combine the total cost of those, They actually don't reach the amount that's spent on chronic pain. One of three Americans take opioid drugs. Many of you have been following this over the last probably decade now, five to ten years. Um, Many of you have been following that we have a serious opioid problem. And you know what? If you're in chronic pain, taking opioid medication makes it where you don't feel anything. So it makes sense why some of you people continue to turn over and over, continue to turn to opioid medication, which has serious, serious side effects. 1.9 million Americans are addicted to opioid drugs. Again, if you didn't feel anything, it makes sense why many people were addicted to opioid drugs. 175 people die per day from opioids. That's one of the side effects, death. And, And the pharmaceutical industry knew, before they even put this medication out, they knew, if you look at their internal... Uh, documents internal conversations they knew that it was going to cause people to die they knew that this many people were going to die from these they did it anyways because uh, they even with all the even with all the the lawsuits that were coming against them they're willing to do it anyways because they knew they are going to get great profits from it they're out for profit just so you know 63.4% of opioid users start because of physical pain this is important 63.4% of opioid users start because they have physical pain. Guys, there's better solutions. We're talking about that. The Institute of of Medicine, FDA, CDC guidelines recommend non-opioid and non pharmacological approaches be first in dealing with chronic pain. Be first. Do not just... I think we, in our society, we're we advertised by pharmaceutical industries all the time. Um, we we think we can take a pill for everything. Do not get caught up in this. Uh, do not get caught up in this. If you have pain, maybe drink some extra water. Maybe seek a chiropractor. There's uh, do the things we we're going to talk about with food, with exercise, do the things with deep breathing. All of these things. Do those things first before you start tar- taking Advil, Tylenol, Ibuprofen, all these over the counter medications. Then. Even worse than that, going into prescription medication. This is interesting, right below this little picture. Every 25 minutes, a baby is born that suffers with opioid withdrawal, accounting for 1.5 billion healthcare charges each year. Again, as I said before, it is a serious problem. The nervous system. This is, you know, I always talk about the nervous system, because as chiropractors, we work specifically with the spine, the musculoskeletal system, when it's intimately related, intimately associated with the nervous system. So the nervous system is your brain, the spinal cord, and all the nerves that go out throughout your body. The nervous system is also the control center for pain perception. You know, if you have, in, in fact, in the research, they call them pain an emotional response in our brain. So let's say your your back is hurting. Well, you don't actually feel the pain in the back. If your low back is hurting, you don't actually Feel the pain in the low back. What happens is, if you have tissue damage and inflammation in your low back, that causes a type of nerve, which is called a C fiber nerve, which is a small diameter nerve fiber, also called a nociceptor, receptor. receptor, Noc is N-O-C-I receptor. It's a type of nerve that sends information from your low back about tissue damage and inflammation all the way up to your brain, and so that tells your brain what's going on in your body. And then, if enough of that nociception reaches your brain, then your brain has an emotional response that says, Ow, my low back hurts. So, the nervous system is the control center for pain perception. And, you know, nerves that fire together, wire together. The more that pathway from, of nociception from your low back up to your brain is fired, the stronger and the more efficient that pathway becomes, and the more sensitive you can become to pain. And the more you're going to have this, start to develop this chronic pain cycle in your body. So nerves that fire together, wire together, and your brain is perceiving that nociception. Here's another way to think about nociception. OCI, Think of it as a noxious stimulus from your body up to your brain. Again, it's, it's information through those nerves that is sending signals about tissue damage and inflammation. Maybe you had a trauma to that area. Maybe you had an infection in a certain area of your body. Well, that tissue damage and inflammation is going to be sending signals to your brain called nociception. It's a noxious stimulus that goes up from your body to your brain that causes your brain to go into this fight-or-flight state because it's a noxious stimulus, just like a a negative thought is a noxious stimulus to your brain that will cause you to go into fight-or-flight. And so the brain is where you have this emotional response for pain. There's three components of chronic pain. We're trying to get down, we're trying to talk about and get down to the root cause. What is the cause of pain? The root cause, we can have chemical stresses. That's where we're eating bad foods. Then we're taking a lot of medication. We all know that medication can be life-saving in certain situations for sure. And I'm grateful for it in those situations. But we take more and more medications for problems and symptoms that are caused by our lifestyle. And so we need to get away from taking medications for a lifestyle problem. Because if we have a lifestyle problem, we have a, a, symptoms or problems inside our body that's caused by poor lifestyle choices. The only correction for that is correcting lifestyle choices. It's not taking more chemicals, more medication, which we know will have more side effects. With those side effects, we'll take more medication. They'll have more side effects and you get into this nasty cycle. Also, it comes from ta- eating bad food, putting bad things in our body. There's chemical problems that happen in our body from a lot of our choices that we make. Um, Mental stress is a big one. We've all, we all know this. If we, We are really stressed out. We start to hold this muscle tension and tightness in our body. That muscle tension can increase inflammation in your body. That can cause more of that nociception going to your brain and cause more chronic pain. And the third thing is there's physical stresses. And this example is perfect. It's a horrible picture, but this example we have, we've all had traumas we've all had traumas through our life, and that, you know part of that is just going through life, and I would never want to change that. like I grew up playing football, basketball, baseball, I enjoyed all of those sports, and I would never want to change it I, we had We used to jump off the roof of our house for fun. my brothers and I I mean we used to play out in the river all day for eight hours a day without any parents around. We had tons of fun i wouldn't want to change any of those things, but the truth is there's traumas that happen with those things there's trauma. That can happen from playing tackle football in the front yard with your brothers or your, your neighbors. And, and the key is we have to manage those injuries properly. If we can manage those injuries properly, then they most likely will not turn into chronic pain, most likely not to turn into arthritis or de- degeneration in their joints down the road. Another big physical trauma, the most common one, the most common ones that people face every single day is poor posture. We're sitting down with our phones. We're looking down at our phones. We're on our laptops. All of these things cause physical stress and physical trauma to your body, which can cause inflammation in your joints, tissue damage in your body. That can cause nociception. It's not just stimulus to your brain. It can cause this whole problem, increase that sensitivity to all those nerve fibers, and it can cause this chronic pain. So these three things that the root cause of most chronic pain again nervous system is the control center for pain perception right here Bruce Lipkin which I, I, I fully encourage you guys to continue to um, research and learn from this guy he's a cell biologist um, he, he taught at Stanford Medical School and he has some amazing information amazing things to share about epigenetics and versus genetics so many times in in Medical sciences going through chiropractic school, medical school, dental school, naturopathic school. There's years ago it was taught that your genes are the controller of your health. So if you have healthy genes, you're going to have healthy cells, healthy body. If you're going to have, if you're unlucky and you inherited bad genes from your parents, then your cells are going to become diseased, and you are going to have a disease process in your body. And but they they always say it goes back to your genes. You have a bad gene. Many people say, it. well, I have bad genetics or I have good genetics. My, my, my family lived to a long age. Well, I want you to know your genes do play a part in your health, but your genes have to be told what to do. You can turn your genes on or turn your genes off. And that's where Dr. Bruce Lipton has taught so much for many years about the science of epigenetics, turning on the expression of your healthy genes, turning off the expression of your adapted genes, your genes that are trying to adapt to all the stress. So here's one of the quotes that he says, the function of the nervous system is to perceive the environment around us and coordinate the behavior of all the other cells inside our body. So it's sending signals. It's receiving information. And in this picture here, you have buying a new house. You have getting in a wedding. You have uh, getting married. uh, You have having a new child or getting a new job. These are all really good stresses. But then your nervous system receives all those things. And... It'll either put you into fight or flight, if maybe you don't have it, if you're nervous about if you can pay for your your new house or you're nervous about the relationship you're in or raising a child, it can put you into fight or flight or it can put you into rest and relaxation. And in the nervous system, that's called sympathetic versus parasympathetic nervous system. Sympathetic is fight or flight. It's survival. Parasympathetic is rest and digest. It's about healing, growth, and repair. And as your brain receives all this information from your environment, it then will take that and it'll help to control all the other cells in your entire body. And that, going back to what I said earlier, that will help influence the expression of your genes, influence the expression of your genes. Here are some of the symptoms associated with chronic pain and inflammation trouble sleeping, digestive issues. Many people will know if, if they are um, hurting, this is this is another reason why I'm a chiropractor. There's two big reasons. One is headaches, which I'm actually going to do a whole nother talk on this. And the next recording that I do is going to be just on headaches. I used to get severe headaches in in seventh grade, severe headaches in seventh grade. It was to a point where taking aspirin, Tylenol, things like that, the over-counter medication, wouldn't touch it. And I did at that time. I did I did take those first because I tried to feel better. Um, that's all I knew at that time. And so I tried to take those things and did not touch it. Um, hydration didn't do anything for it. Uh, Drinking a lot of water oftentimes will help cure headaches, but I didn't, didn't see any changes with that. I tried doing some stretches, some exercises, tried massaging it. If I would hold pressure right at the base of my skull, it would slightly, slightly decrease the symptoms. As soon as I let off in that deep pressure, my my headache would come back on. I was sensitive to, to sound and light. Um, I, I remember feeling really sad. I remember because I couldn't be out playing with my friends. I just remember feeling, having so much pain. I just remember feeling really sad. So emotionally, it affected me in a way where I felt really sad. And I just was always really hopeful that if I just went to sleep and slept it off, took a nap, I'd hope that I would wake up and feel better. And so here's my big clue too, because I would always hold pressure right here at the base of my skull. It was, my headaches were caused from a misalignment in my neck. From playing football, having impacts and playing tackle football. So, again, I wouldn't want to take that away because I enjoyed it so much, but um, it was caused from misalignments in my neck. And so I started getting adjusted and my headaches went away. The second big issue, this is interesting. The second big issue is my stomach. I also had an injury in the mid back around T6, T7, which is the mid thoracic region in your upper back. And that area the nerves in that area go straight out to the stomach so that area got locked up that area got injured i had tissue damage i had inflammation so that tissue damage and inflammation from that trauma sent nociception to up to my brain through those certain nerve fibers and when my brain received that it caused my brain my brain would say ow my back hurts but it caused my brain to go into a fight or flight state a survival state so then in a survival state if a bear was here Digestion is not one of the highest priority for your body. Um, digestion, if you're trying to digest your breakfast or your lunch, that's not going to help you survive a bear attack if a bear is here right now and causes us to go into fight or flight. So when that stress signals went from my back up to my brain, caused my brain to go into fight or flight, my brain sent signals back down the spinal cord, out the nerves to my whole body in the area from T6, T7, went straight up to my stomach. And my stomach actually would cramp up. It's like someone put a knife straight through from my back, straight to my stomach. My stomach would have back pain and I had stomach pain. Now, you know this. If you eat a bad meal, if you are emotionally stressed out, there's a lot of things that can cause digestive issues for sure. Uh, But for me, nine times out of 10, if I ever have that happen, it's because of that old injury in my back. So digestive issues can come up from back pain. From from chronic pain and inflammation, low back pain is another one. Talk about headaches, fatigue, moody. If you're moody or irritable, remember how I said earlier. If I had headaches, or if even if sometimes my back is hurting, I would feel sad or I'd feel upset. I'd feel a little bit more jumpy or a little bit more irritable. Uh, if you have, it can cause neck pain, cause migraines, anxiety, depression, weight gain, chronic immune issues. That's a big one with chronic pain, you can also develop chronic immune issues. There's a strong link with pain in your immune system, pain in your endocrine system. All of those things can start to affect your hormones and your immune system. Joint pain, burning in feet, ringing in the ears, these are all different examples. Now let's talk about how the body heals. The body doesn't heal because of the band-aid or the cast. We're grateful for the band-aid and the cast, um, but the body heals from with. In, the body heals from within. Uh, there's a, there's a quote and I'm, I'm going to mess this quote up, but it talks about the, the greatest doctor is the doctor within your body. It's not me. It's not any other chiropractor, naturopath or medical doctor. It's the power that's within your body. Your body was designed and created to heal and to be restored and to function properly but the key is we have to know what things to give it. We have to know what food and nutrients to supply it. We have to know how to exercise. We have to know how to manage our stress, to manage our posture, to make sure we have good motion and help our joints and our tissue, and our muscles and our tissue heal and recover from injuries and traumas. We have to know what to do for it. But your body is the greatest doctor within and it heals. And so what do I do? I help work specifically with the nervous system through your musculoskeletal system. And this is what's actually really neat. With all the information out there, it's hard to know what to do. Where do I start? What's really cool, we can start with what the body, what system the body starts to develop in utero. It starts at six weeks in utero, it starts to develop. This little line going right down the middle of the back there, I'll I'll put up my cursor on it, this line right here. That's the spinal cord developing. That's called the notochord. That's the spinal cord developing that develops before your heart, before all your other systems. And so we can get back to understanding, again, thinking holistically. Yes, our diet is important. Yes, um, stretching, exercising, all those things are important. But if we can understand that our nervous system is so important, we have to make sure we focus on the nervous system. Because, again, pain perception is an emotional response that's in your brain we have to understand that those nerves that fire together wire together so you have areas in your body where there's tissue damage and inflammation you're firing off those nerve pathways those nociception C receptors and they will continue to become a, like a really efficient pathway we have to rewire that we have to we have to work with something called neuroplasticity neuro means nerves plastic means it can change so if we have a strong pathway of of nociception from our body to our brain, that's going to get stronger and stronger pathway where we need to start to create a brand new pathway from our body to our brain. And that pathway is all about proper motion, proper alignment, proper stimulation, healthy stimulation that helps your brain feel good. Healthy stimulation for movement and proper alignment helps your brain function properly. You think more clearly. Emotionally, you feel happier. We have to understand we have to wire those pathways And that way, when we wire those pathways, the other pathways that were there before, that nociception, those pain pathways, they start to get smaller and smaller. And the healthy pathways start to get bigger and bigger. And then you start to feel better in your brain. And so rest dominant versus fight dominant. So many of you have probably heard of fight or flight. There's also fight, flight, or freeze. And that's, you know, number one, it's all about survival is the number one most important thing. So things like increased blood pressure. If a bear came in here right now, this is a really important thing about. If a bear came in here right now, our body is going to perceive, remember your nervous system perceives the information in your environment and it helps coordinate the function of all the cells inside your body. So if a bear came in here right now, your eyes are going to pick up and you might even hear the bear. Your eyes are going to pick this up. It's going to perceive this threat that's in our environment and it's going to cause your heart rate to go up your blood pressure to go up, you, you think about it. Your heart's just going to start racing if a bear's here, right? You might hear my dog in the background. That's not a bear in the background. Both my dogs are me. <laughs> um, but if a bear's here, there's certain things that are going to happen for survival. So if a bear's here, blood pressure's going to go up. Your heart rate's going to go up. And how many of you heard of LDL cholesterol? LDL cholesterol. LDL cholesterol, according to medicine, they call that the bad cholesterol. LDL cholesterol is not bad cholesterol. It's appropriate cholesterol. LDL cholesterol, if a bear's here, is going to shoot up. LDL cholesterol is very important for wound clotting. And so what are the chances? If a bear is here, what are the chances that we're going to get scratched? It's very high. So your body innately is very, very intelligent. It's so intelligent. It's going to raise your LDL cholesterol and other sticky factors in your blood. It's going to raise those so you can clot any wounds that you might have happen. What's going to happen is you're going to release all these stress hormones. It's going to cause these things to happen too. Your, your blood sugar is going to go up. Blood sugar is very important for your muscles and your brain to use for energy. That way you can fight that bear or you can find an escape route and run from it. So very important for your blood sugar to go up. Um, your ability to remember your grocery list. Like if, you, if you're thinking about going over to Ozark Natural Foods here, and you're trying to remember what you were there to purchase or to buy, but a bear's there and you're, you're nervous about survival and you're worried about survival, you're going to forget your grocery list. You're also not going to be able to learn new things. If you think about trying to sit down and learn, you know, Physics, physiology, or calculus, something like that, you're not going to be able to learn new things if a bear's here. So, brain function is affected. Your ability to focus, you're, you're like all over the place, but you can't focus on one singular thing. And that's because that's really important in survival because you're trying to find the escape route and you're not trying to be focused on one task, but you're trying to find all the escape routes around you so you can run, so you can fight, so you can survive. Your immune system, if a bear is here, I'm going to go over a few more of these because this is important to know. Your immune system, if a bear comes up in your life, your immune system is going to be shut down. And you might think that's that's a bad response for your body, but that's actually a very intelligent response for your body. So your immune system, it, it's a little bit of white blood cells which fight off foreign pathogens like bacteria, uh, parasites, all these different foreign pathogens. And so... Your immune system, your little white blood cells require a lot of energy to run. So they're very, what's called metabolically active. They require a lot of energy. If you think about the last time you had the cold or flu, you were exhausted. You were just exhausted. You had to go in and lay down and sleep most of the day. That's because your immune system requires all the energy to fight off infections. And so if a bear is, in, is coming into your environment and you perceive that threat, your body goes into fire or flight and it shuts down your immune system because your body says innately it's a smart, smart response because it says, I need all of the energy to fight this bear or to run from it. So it's a beautiful response uh, to shut your immune system down. You're not, in, if a bear's here, you're not thinking about panky panky or your sex drive will actually drop. And again, that's about reproducing. That's about fertility and reproduction. That's, that's not about survival. So all of those things start to happen and they happen intelligently to help you survive that situation. But think about this for a second too. If you had a bear in your life every single day, maybe it's, we don't really have physical bears in our lives, but we have uh, bills that we have to pay. We have stress with our jobs, stress with our relationships. We have things that we regret that we did in the past that we maybe need to work through a lot of those things. Or we have things in the future that we are um, nervous about and we're not looking forward to those. Maybe it's going to meet up with a family or maybe it's you know, having to have a, uh, a tooth pulled or whatever it might be. We're not looking forward to those things. All those things can cause you to go into fight or flight. And that causes you to go into this survival mode. But let's say this. Let's say you have a lot of those bears in your life every single day. Every single day. Then you add into the chemical, the, the food that we eat. All these, there's a lot the, the bad postures. All of these things can cause more and more bears in your life. If you have this noxious stimulation from trauma in your body, that causes fight or flight as well. So all of these things cause a a stress response in your body. And if you have increased heart rate, increased blood pressure, increased LDL cholesterol, that is heart disease. That's the leading cause of death in the United States. If you have increased blood sugar and depressed immune system, that's cancer. That's the second leading cause of death. So if you have decreased sex drive, that's impotence. If you have problems with fertility, well, that's problems with fight or flight. If you have um, ADD, ADHD, because you're all over the place, well, that's also problems with fight or flight. Every chronic illness known to man can be linked back to high heightened fight or flight, which is also called increased sympathetic tone, sympathetic nervous system. Increased sympathetic tone. Every chronic illness known to man can be linked back to fight, chronic fight or flight. So we need fight or flight. We need that sympathetic nervous system. But we need to predominantly be in our what's called parasympathetic parasympathetic nervous system, which is predominantly rest, relaxation, and recovery. That's where you have increased digestion, increase in your balance and healing hormones, and increased sleep. We need to predominantly be on that side, and that's what this is all about. So five keys to reducing chronic pain and inflammation by supporting and improving function in your nervous system. Five keys. Here we go. Number one, we need to avoid inflammatory death foods. These are foods that causes massive massive levels of inflammation. Let my dogs out here. So sugars, we we consume so much sugar, uh, massive, massive amounts of sugar in our diet, in our society, and it causes serious problems. A 20-ounce soda has 16 teaspoons of sugar, 20 ounces of soda, 20 ounces of soda has 16 teaspoons of sugar. I've had many patients over the years that all they drink throughout the day is Mountain Dew, Dr. Pepper, Coke, Pepsi, whatever it might be. Horrible for your body. The sugars are also in grains, packaged foods, refined carb- carbohydrates. Looking at breads, pastas, cakes, crackers, donuts, sodas. Of course, I just talked about that's a big one. A lot of people think, well, I'll just avoid that. I'll just go to the diet coke or Coke Zero. All these things. No, maybe even worse. Maybe even worse to have the Coke Zero, the diet sodas. You're going to have artificial sweeteners in those. You have things like Splenda, sweet and low, high fructose corn syrup. All of those things are causing serious amounts of inflammation, serious problems in our body. We want to avoid those. How about going to to, to water? How about going getting some spring water? How about getting things like um, green tea, peppermint tea? How about even we'll have kombucha, which does have some sugar. But guess what? That sugar feeds a lot of the what's called the scoby symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast which are beneficial bacteria and beneficial yeast inside of the kombucha so i don't drink kombucha all day long but i'll have one a day and i'll also drink a lot of tea dandelion tea peppermint tea that's a really one of our favorite teas uh, ginger tea is one of my favorite teas these are great teas to drink but there's better choices than having these things you can do um stevia if you like i'm not a huge fan of stevia stevia is an herb but it's it's a sweetener and uh, when we try to sweeten things we will use we will use real honey we don't use a lot of it we will use real honey to help sweeten things get to the real things not the processed stuff and hydrogenated oils this is a massive one if you could just switch your oils from hydrogenated oils like a lot of fast food restaurants will have this you have Canola oil, vegetable oil, soybean oil, corn oil, cottonseed oil, these these oils, which are a lot of microwaveable foods, potato chips, french fries, fast foods, fried foods, if you can switch those over to avocado oil, coconut oil, um, even grass fed butter, getting to real fats, switching, I'm not saying you're trying to increase all the fats. Mean people are doing a ketogenic diet. I think there's a time and a place for that. But I'm not even saying do a full high-fat diet. What I'm saying is switch the oils. If you're taking these bad oils, if you switch them to the really healthy oils, that right there is a massive step to helping the cell membranes. Every cell in your body has what's called a double lipid bilayer, which is two layers of fat. And if you're supplying healthy fat to those cells, your cells will be healthier. If you're supplying bad raw materials, bad unhealthy fats, hydrogenated, trans fats, um, that's going to cause problems. Your cells are not going to be healthier. So avoid these foods. And here's five anti-inflammatory nutrients that you want to make sure you get in. Bone broth. You can do things like bone broth protein or collagen protein. Um, I, I think the best thing, best way to go is to have um, the best way to go is to have uh, chicken broth or bone broth that you actually make yourself. And again, here's a good source for you: some good chicken right here. Uh, across the creek farms, there's other good good farmers in the area too. But um, make sure you're getting good quality stuff. Good fats: coconut oil, avocado oil, olive oil. I didn't say that earlier, but olive oil is a really healthy oil. Stick with those types of fats. That's going to be really important. High fiber foods decreases inflammation. Blueberries are loaded with antioxidants. If you look at um, berries, berries have a lot of antioxidants in them. But I want to make sure. If you're getting something like strawberry, strawberry is in, um, what's called the dirty dozen. The dirty dozen is a list of 12 foods that have high amounts of chemicals. So if you're not getting organic, you want to stay, you want to stay away from traditional, um, strawberries, conventional raised strawberries where they're spraying tons of chemicals on those strawberries. You want to stay organic with those as much as you can. Um, But blueberries, spinach, kale, broccoli, sweet potatoes, these are high fiber foods. These are amazing. Have a lot of antioxidants, phytochemicals in them that help to decrease inflammation. This next one, clean protein, wild caught fish. We'll get salmon. We have salmon a lot. We're going to talk about that. That's, in fact, one of the the things you can test for is your omega-3, omega-6 to 3 ratio, which I'll talk more in a second. Um wild caught fish is the best source for omega-3 fatty acids which are anti-inflammatory omega-3 fatty acids are anti-inflammatory wild caught fish is the way to go if you're going to get farm-raised fish it's possible that farm-raised fish could have really good fats in it but it all depends what they're feeding the fish at the farm and most of the time they feed them the cheapest things Which is going to change their fatty acid profile inside of the fish and it's going to make it more inflammatory. So wild caught cold water fish is the best source of um, omega 3 anti inflammatory uh, fatty acids. Grass fed beef is also a good source of omega 3 fatty acids. Free range eggs and chicken. I've already said that multiple times. Omega 3 foods, taking things like fish or wild caught fish. You can even Sam's will have. um, we'll have wild-caught cod. Um, so sometimes we'll get that from Sam's. I know they have stuff over at, um, at Ozark Natural Foods. They'll have um, grass-fed beefs. So They'll also, at Whole Foods, there's a lot of ways you can get it. We get our grass-fed beef from local farmers. And, guys, that is the best way to go. You can get fully grass-fed, pasture-raised, grass finished beef, not grass-fed for most of your life in the last Um, portion of the life they're in a feedlot. Stay away from those types of foods. And that's where you need to get to know your farmer. People like Ozark Pasture Beef. There's other really good farmers in the area that will use grass-fed beef. That is really the way to go. And here's some supplements. Peppermint essential. Peppermint is a great anti-inflammatory. A great anti-inflammatory. Green tea is an anti-inflammatory. Vitamin D, very important for calming your immune system down. And that helps to lower inflammation and, and more water. Best source of vitamin D, I think you all know, best source of vitamin D is from the sun. Many people are very, very deficient in vitamin D, and vitamin D is an easy thing that you can test. We can do a blood test for you to test that, but vitamin D is very, very important to help calm the immune system down and help with inflammation, also help with your mood. Um, I want to add a couple things. Uh, Turmeric, curry. Curry is a powerful anti-inflammatory powerful. Um, It also helps to fight off cancer cells. There's a lot of research on that. But turmeric is a powerful thing. Ginger is very powerful anti-inflammatory. Pineapple, bromelain and pineapple, powerful anti-inflammatory. And all these other things that we just talked about. So focusing, I just added several more of the, I said there's five anti-inflammatory nutrients. I just added several more, but these are really, really powerful to decrease inflammation in your body and make it where you don't feel or decreases the pain fibers and pain sensation throughout your body. Move your body, walking, running, hit resistance training. Let's talk about this. No exercise, no activity increases inflammation in your body. It's going to increase those that nociception from inflammation, tissue damage in your body. It's going to increase nociception going to your brain. Your brain is going to perceive that. It's going to have that emotional response as far as having pain. The, pr- the appropriate amount of movement is essential for this. The, now I, I said appropriate amount of movement. If you do no movement at all, if you're sedentary, that's going to increase inflammation. You are going to feel more pain. Now, let me also say this, this is very important to say. If you do too much exercise, if you do extreme exercise, that's going to cause inflammation and that can increase pain as well. So depending, everybody's at different places. So depending where you are at, you need to slowly work to get into the, get into better shape, better conditioning. And that's going to help decrease your level of inflammation. The appropriate amount of movement is amazing anti inflammatory. It's an amazing anti inflammatory. And that is so important to help heal and recover from injuries and traumas. There's two, two main times. There might be others. There might be three, but there's two main times you don't want to move your body. If you have torn ligaments, like if you had an injury or trauma where you've had torn ligaments or you have broken bones, you have fractures and broken bones, you do not want to move those parts of your body because you have to allow those to heal first and then you want to move your body later for recovery and rehab. Other time might be as if you have uh, a tumor growing in certain areas. But uh, in most cases, I would say probably 99% of the time, we want to walk, we want to run, and occasionally we want to do some high resistance, a high intensity interval training, some resistance training that will help us build strong bones through our body, strong muscles throughout our body. That also helps you with balancing out your blood sugar. Blood sugar is a very important thing to understand and to work with to, to make sure your body is appropriately handling blood sugar because that could be a big cause of inflammation and a big cause of pain for you as well. So... Um, expressive writing. So this is getting back to the mind. If you are stressed out all the time, um, journaling, doing expressive writing, these are great ways to help strategies to help decrease your stress, your mental stress. There's other ways. Also having therapy, having, having the therapist work with you can be very helpful. Going for a walk is one of the best types of therapy you can do for your brain. Actually, it's just yesterday for me. I had a lot of things on my mind. I was a little bit stressed out thinking about all the different things that were going on. And I wasn't thinking clearly. So I went for a walk and I just kept walking for probably about an hour, hour and a half. I went for a long walk until, man, I just felt a whole lot better. I thought I was thinking a whole lot more clearly. So all of these strategies are important. For putting your body into a more relaxed state. But we expressive writing, deep breathing, and gratitude. All of those things are really, really powerful to put you into that parasympathetic, that rest and digest side of your nervous system versus fight or flight. You will feel less pain because you're wiring healthier pathways in your brain and in your nervous system throughout your entire body. So... Deep breathing and gratitude. So here's one thing I love to do. Think about some of the things that you really enjoy, some of the things you're really grateful for. I'm sitting here petting my dogs. Maybe you have a a therapy dog (laughs) like we have right here. Um, Think about the things that you're grateful for and do some deep breathing exercise. I'm going to share a book with you. I've shared this in past videos, Breath by James Nestor. It's a really great audio book, too, if you enjoy audio books. But Breath by James Nestor is a very powerful book to help you understand how powerful your breath, controlling your breath, is to help you relax your body. In fact, if you're somebody that has anxiety, what they found is people that have anxiety and panic attacks also feel more pain. They have higher sensations of pain. So if you're some somebody that has anxiety or panic attacks, these are very important deep breathing exercises. So I'm going to teach you a method, and again, I've taught this on other videos, but this is a method that has been taught to Navy SEALs. So let's say you're a Navy SEAL, and you're captured by the enemy, and now you're a prisoner of war. You know, a lot of times what would happen for many people is we would get so scared and so nervous that in our brain, it goes into a fight-or-flight state. And when you're in a fight-or-flight survival state, You you don't think very clearly. You become more emotional, more reactive, uh, more short-tempered. So you're more likely to make decisions that could make you uh, make bad decisions where you could lose your life. And so there's a three-step technique that is taught to Navy SEALs where the first step is to control your breath. They know that if you can control and slow down your breathing, that will calm your nervous system down so that you can think more clearly. So control your breath. So the technique that they teach is called a box technique. Do it through your nose. If you can do it through your nose, that is the best. Do it through your mouth if you need to, but do it through your nose. Your nose will filter the air, moisten will the air, and it helps for your lungs to receive it. In fact, there's times where I notice that if I'm working out or exercising, I'm starting to get a dry throat or dry mouth, I'll close my mouth and I'll try to do nose breathing as much as I can. That'll help moisten the air and help with your throat as well. So, and then also another important thing with nose nasal breathing, this is called you, you produce something called nitric oxide, which helps to cause vasodilation. All of the arteries and blood vessels in your body will, the diameter will increase, which means you'll get better blood flow throughout your body and better oxygen, oxygen distribution throughout your entire body. so, what you do with this box breathing is you breathe in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, out for four seconds, hold for four seconds. So four, 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 four. That's box that creates that box. That's called box breathing. Another technique that I really like to do is I can like breathe in for four, hold for four, and then exhale slow for eight. Your exhalation is a really powerful stimulator of your parasympathetic, your rest and digest nervous system. Exhalation stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system. So we want to get out of that sympathetic fight or flight into a parasympathetic rest and digest. So slow exhale stimulates greater your parasympathetic nervous system. So breathe in for four, hold for four. Out for eight. Let me tell you the second step in that, um, green beret technique. The second step was to picture the perfect outcome, whatever situation you're in. Maybe it's relationship stress. Maybe it's job stress. Maybe it's starting a new business, whatever situation you're in. Picture the perfect, the perfect outcome. And then the third step is to what to take that next. What's the next small step you can take in order to get to that? perfect outcome. So again, going back to it, focus on your breath, slow your breath down, maybe also going for a walk. That'd be helpful. Second step is to have, visualize the perfect ending. And then the third step is to um, take that next small step that will get you towards your goal. If you do that, I've had so many patients just doing that technique right there. I've been able to stop Their anxiety attacks stop their panic attacks. Very, very powerful. Now, here's the one thing that many people don't think about as far as pain and symptoms and getting your body out of this fight or flight state. It's all about your spine and your nervous system. The brain requires feedback from the spine through proper alignment and movement in order to deliver the right information to all the muscles Organs and tissues. So many of you have felt this before. You've had times, like I was just describing earlier, when I was really stressed out, I had a lot of things I wasn't thinking clearly. Yesterday, I went for a long walk. Many of you had times where you're feeling stressed out, you're feeling more irritable. You're like, you know what? I need to take a break. I need you to go for a walk. And you come back from that walk, or you come back from doing yoga, you come back from doing some type of exercise. You're like, okay, I can think more clearly. I feel happier. I can handle this. Movement from your body is so powerful for your brain. Movement from your body is so powerful for proper thinking, proper emotions, proper brain function. It's also movement stimulates an area of your brain, your brain stem that helps control your organs. Proper motion, proper alignment is absolutely essential for stimulating your brain so that your brain can then send signals down the spinal cord, out the nerves to all of your organs, all of your tissues in your body to help your body function better. And like I said before, if you, from, from physical traumas, chemical traumas, or emotional traumas, if you had areas in your body where the bones, the joints, and the muscles of the tissues are not moving properly, if they're not functioning properly, if they have tissue damage, they have inflammation, which could be as, from something as small as looking down at your phone in poor posture. That causes inflammation, tissue damage in your body then that's going to send that noxious stimulus to your brain that causes your brain to go into fight or flight. That will cause problems. Here's some physical stresses. This is from Annals of Internal Medicine, 2015. They talk about sitting is the new smoking. Sitting is the new smoking. I've shared this with you guys before, but the average texting position, when you're texting your phone, our head is bent forward, our neck is at 45 degrees of Forward flexion, so we're looking down our phone. That adds about fifty additional pounds of stress to your neck and to your upper back. For so many people, that's why you have chronic pain. That causes your joints to get locked up. That can cause arthritis and degeneration. And that's where chiropractic can be so helpful for getting the proper motion. There's actually three different studies in 2011 looking at the adjustments helping to. Stop arthritis, and in some cases, even helping to reverse arthritis because movement is the key for arthritis. My dog's getting tangled up in my cord here. <laughs> um, movement is the key for arthritis. <laughs> Good. Um, this is the second, in the middle picture here. Extensive cell phone use and postural chain uh, postures cause changes consistent with an aged spine but are now being found in younger age groups. That's what's interesting. In this study, they found that what they thought with arthritis in our neck, arthritis in bone spurs and degeneration, disc degeneration, was often thought is just for people as we get older. Because, you know, a lot of times it's very common with people we get older because we've had a lot of traumas. We've had poor posture. We've had a lot of these things throughout our life that build up over time. But they're now finding these things in teenagers because teenagers are spending so much time on their cell phones. It's putting a lot of stress in their joints. The body is putting more calcium down in their joints to try to give their joints more structural support just to hold the weight of your head up. And that's called bone spurs. That's called osteoarthritis. And that's found in younger kids. I've, seen, I've had x-rays of, of a 12-year-old and I've seen very large bone spurs in his neck. Um, at 12 years of age. And so there's a lot of physical stresses that are causing a lot of problems. If we can correct our posture, if we can correct those joints, get adjustments to our spine, that'll help restore proper motion, decrease inflammation, decrease that tissue damage, and help those areas heal properly. This third thing out here is birth trauma. We work with, Mandy works, we both do, but Mandy works a lot with infants We work with pregnant moms throughout the pregnancy, and we work a lot with infants because birth trauma is the first area where people can start to have trauma to their body. Birth trauma often causes neurological dysfunction. In fact, a study examining more than 1,000 infants concluded that approximately 80% had some form of nerve dysfunction. So think about that. Remember how we said before, movement, proper motion, stimulates your brain, drives proper brain function. In other videos, i talked about movement is essential for growing healthy nerve cells in your brain. Movement stimulation, when you stimulate your brain through movement, through the nervous system, you actually grow new nerve cells in your brain. But through poor posture, through traumas that we've had, through birth trauma, Your joints can get the term, and I'm gonna go over this next. Your joints can get subluxated, where they, the joints, that this is two bones in your spine, they can get locked up or subluxated. That area is not moving properly. There's a lot of scar tissue adhesions that form. We get, we feel knots in our muscles. That same scar tissue can form in our joints that can lock that up. That area of your body is not moving properly. If it's not moving, it's not stimulating your brain properly. So it can cause nerve dysfunction in your body and in your brain. And not only that, like I said before, the part of the nerves that is stimulated is called nociception, that noxious stimulus of tissue damage and inflammation that causes your body, your brain, and your body to go into fight or flight state. So this is from American Journal of Pain Management. The spine and posture affect and moderate every physiological function from breathing to hormone production your spine, your posture are absolutely important. Absolutely important to keep your body healthy. Subluxation, this is the word I was just mentioning earlier. Subluxation is an interference in the brain and nervous system from a spinal vertebra that's not aligned or moving properly. So if you've been sitting with poor posture, if you've had trauma to your body, the vertebrae again, if this is two, my fist or two vertebrae in your spine, they can get locked up because of these traumas, because of this poor positioning, poor posture, asymmetrical habits that we get into. The vertebrae can get subluxated, and that becomes inflamed, you start to have tissue damage. Over time, that joint will start to become arthritic, you start to have bone spurs and arthritis. That is not going to send healthy signals to your brain, which is going to really drive healthy neurology, healthy brain function. That's going to send that nociception, that noxious stimulus to your brain that will cause your brain to go into fight or flight, that sympathetic state, the survival state that will cause your body to go into fight or flight. Those That will cause a lot of increased pain, increased nerve fibers, those sensory fibers, that pain fibers go into your brain that will cause chronic pain. So when your spine is out of alignment, your nervous system releases more stress hormones and more inflammatory hormones. What's one inflammatory hormone? Cortisol. Adrenaline. These stress hormones will cause more and more inflammation, more and more problems. And so more and more inflammatory hormones in the blood in the body. The bear stays in the room. If you have subluxation, the bear stays in the room and you'll go into more fight or flight instead of rest and digest. So if the bear is in the room, do you think your body could focus on proper digestion? Remember how we said that before? If a bear's here, you're not worried about digesting your food. If you are subluxated, you have a bear in your body. It's a physical bear on top of maybe some emotional bears, on top of chemical bears as far as bad food. You're not worried about digesting your breakfast or your lunch. That's not going to help you survive a bear attack. You're not going to be able to have good quality sleep, which sleep is so important. I've actually been listening to a book called Why We Sleep. And, you know, here's a Cliff Notes version. It's a really good book. I encourage you to get that book. But a Cliff Notes version is good quality sleep, seven to eight hours every night, good quality sleep is good for everything in your body. Quality rest and recovery and sleep is essential for everything in your body. And if you're in a chronic state of fight or flight, that bears in the room then you're not, it's going to be affecting your sleep and then it affects your overall health and overall longevity in life as well. Your nervous system, balance, hormone control, reducing inflammation, all these things are going to be negatively affected if that bears in the room. So you can have all the best nutrition and, and, and we fully encourage it. You, you saw with this this video that we talk a lot about nutrition. We're big on nutrition. Uh, we do, we actually, I do functional medicine as well. So um, that's where we do laboratory tests for patients which i'm going to tell you a few different tests that can be really helpful in helping to understand chronic pain as well but i'm really big on helping people with uh, proper supplements supplementation but also getting to a really solid diet which is whole food diet organic as much as possible local as much as possible Um, getting more to a paleo or more to a weston a price which is more traditional type of diet Um, in fact if you go to weston a price you can learn a lot about proper nutrition and proper diet, uh, things that our ancestors would do, and they were much healthier than we were. Um, paleo diet, um, not only just doing paleo, but if you can do organic, local, that's going to be even more powerful than just doing paleo. Because sometimes people do paleo, but it's sprayed with tons of chemicals. They'll eat a lot of meat, um, but it's, you know, grass, it's not grass fed, grass finished. It's it's has a lot more of those omega-6 fatty acids. And so um, we're really big on nutrition, really big on exercise. I tell patients every single day, exercise is so important and really big on rest and recovery. But if you're doing all those things and your posture, if you are subluxated, <laughs> Zoe, Zoe's hitting my hitting my cords again. She's demanding my attention here. Um, if you are subluxated, if your joints are subluxated from trauma or if from asymmetrical habits or postures, you're, then the bear is in the room. And you're not going to get as much out of the nutrients. You're not, your digestion is not going to function as well. You're not going to get as much out of the exercise because you have areas in your body that are not moving as well. You're not going to get that good quality of sleep that you need to recover. Here's some of the best research that supports this. 2006. A study showed that a change in vagus nerve. Vagus nerve is the main nerve for your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest side of your nervous system. Um, A change in vagus nerve, which is known as the CEO of calm in the body. So these are people that were getting adjusted uh, with pain. It's an effect of chiropractic care on heart rate variability and pain in a multi-site clinical study. So it's from the Journal of Manipulative Physiological Therapeutics in 2006. When they were doing adjustments for these people, they saw an increase in vagus nerve activity, which means increase towards parasympathetic nervous system out of fight or flight. When we do adjustments, we're taking that area in your body with tissue damage, and inflammation, we're decreasing inflammation, we're improving the motion in the segments of your spine. That stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system, takes you out of fight or flight and towards rest and digest. It doesn't treat heart disease, treat diabetes, treat cancer, treat all those things. But it helps with all of those things because if we, the more we can take your body out of fight or flight and into parasympathetic rest and digest, it pushes you away from every chronic illness. Because remember, increased sympathetic nervous system, increased fight or flight, pushes you towards every chronic illness known to man. And if we can do have habits and do things that will take us out of that and push us more towards parasympathetic, that will push us away from every chronic illness known to man. It doesn't mean our deep breathing is treating cancer, our deep breathing is treating heart disease or diabetes, or exercise is treating those things, or chiropractic is treating those things. It means we're doing things, we're giving our body things our body needs in order to function healthy. And when we are function healthy, we'll be predominantly in that parasympathetic rest and digest reproductive health health side of our nervous system. And so chiropractic is a part of that that can help you move towards that side. 2007, this is called Evidence-Based Comprehensive of Alternative Medicine, 2017. is a 2017 study utilized PET scans to show an inhibition of the stressed tone of the nervous system, inhibition of that stressed sympathetic tone of the nervous system. Again, adjustments, we're taking that physical stress off of your body, you will be more relaxed, you'll be more into that parasympathetic nervous system, which makes your body healthier. Many studies have shown when you do adjustments, it lowers cortisol levels. It lowers stress hormone levels. It takes stress off your body. There's other studies to show it improves. It improves the um, immune system function. There's one study from the Journal of Osteopathy found that when you get adjusted, you have an increase in secretory IgA, which is an it's an antibody that's in your mucosal lines by 139%. Your immune system functions better. Remember when a bear comes here, your immune system gets shut down. Well, if we take that bear away, your immune system gets restored. The body is amazing. We have to know how to do it. So again, these are a lot of the different symptoms with chronic pain and inflammation. It's powerful if we can do these different things with our food, with our exercise, with our breathing techniques, with our visualization with taking care of our physical body, with chiropractic, with stretching, with exercise. We can help decrease these things. And that way, again, one out of three people turn to opioids, opioids for their pain. It's powerful. We can stay, completely stay away from that. How do we know, how do we test for nervous system dysfunction? How do we test if your body is subluxated? How do we test to know if your body is subluxated that's causing this fight or flight. If you have these physical bears in your body, there's several ways. We look at range of motion. We do palpation, which means we feel the body. So in range of motion, we're looking for symmetry. We're looking for full range of motion. We're also looking for symmetry from side to side. You want your joints and your range of motion to be symmetrical. If you're sitting there right now and you're turning, you can turn full one side, but you can't turn the other way. That's a sign that you have subluxations in your body. We do palpation. Palpation is where we feel down the spine. We want to feel for symmetry, symmetry to make sure there's not a ton of muscle tension